Welcome to Witch Yes, a podcast for casual conjurings, witches in training, and that beefy fart you've been holding in since lunch. I'm Alicia Herder. And I'm Tara Keck. That's pretty gross. It's, it doesn't matter. On today's episode, returning to the Saturn return, which is in the news, and a spell for keeping promises. Aww. promises you got to keep well i'm getting married oh my god that's a big promise it's a really big promise <laughs> what other promises keep this podcast going Oof. that's another big promise a lot of high stakes promises oh. on the horizon what else what else my mom's giving me all her diaries when she dies i gotta promise not to put those on the internet i can't promise that you're gonna come in i would never promise that i did not sign the nda <laughs> you may have but there is a loophole to this whole situation all right, baby. Darling. Sir. Madame. Mr. President. <laughs> that is mistress president <laughs> to you, okay? The Mr. President's girlfriend that he keeps in Hoboken. I am Marilyn Monroe. Have you ever, I don't want to really disrupt from the very real and like heartfelt <laughs> conversation we are about to have, but have you ever heard about how intricately involved Marilyn Monroe was in the Kennedy presidency that's because she was fucking JFK yeah like literally like people are like that's just you know a lie that the tabloids like to tell I'm sure they were like best buddies yeah and that's why she killed herself well she OD but like I thought it was the government well they say that one of the reasons that she was taking all those medications Mm -hmm. was because she was dealing with all of this anxiety and the night before she died Bobby Kennedy Uh broke up with her and then she was like, "Ugh, I just want to forget. She takes all these pills, dies. Crazy. Isn't that terrible? That's so sad. These fucking New England boys. They're really going to go fuck you up like that. They really are, like with their country clubs and their hair. I've watched Succession. I completely understand what they're all about. Exactly, exactly. And you can empathize with Marilyn Monroe. I can. I have also lived in L.A. <laughs> yeah. I really see the gamut of it. Mm-hmm. I've not gone fully blonde yet, but... It's on the horizon. Are you going to dye your hair blonde? It's bound to happen eventually. I hope so. You are a great blonde. One of the few people that I think can work any hair color. Oh, You have the perfect skin tone, the perfect eyes. I never tried green, though. You could. Just green. How green? Sea green. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> We're going to eternal sunshine of the spotless mind it. Oh, yeah. Just new hair color every five months. Mm-hmm. That's fun, though. I think it's on the horizon. I want the blonde bimbo thing. We've talked about this before yeah. on the podcast. Yes. Like, so it's going to happen. I'm setting the intention into the world. You know, if you look at 2023 on the side, the three of the 23 does look like tits. Oh, and that's all about me. And it is all about you. 2023, my year one. Here we go. Mm-hmm. Tits up, baby. So besides green hair, big tits, mm-hmm. not knowing math, mm-hmm. something mm-hmm. big is about to happen in your life. Oh, my God. I'm going to move. Where are you going and why won't you let me come with you? You are allowed to come with us. <laughs> but not Mike. <laughs> Mike can come too. There's room in the U-Haul. Okay. 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 Just fucking strap in there. Ratchet strap dolly to like, like the a side of the sofa. To the fucking ceiling. Yeah. If we stack the two sofa pieces on top, you guys can just sit up there in the back. Oh, that's cute. Then you can make sure none of our shit falls over. Yeah. We'll hold it up. <laughs> you don't need bungee cords. The three of you. <laughs> Tolly. 
<laughs> okay, so you're moving to Los Angeles, but you're moving back to Los Angeles. Moving back to Los Angeles. So this is kind of a homecoming for you. I know. It's very exciting. Tell me how you're feeling. Where are you going? What's the, what's the vibe? What's I'm the excited. We're still looking for an apartment, so I'm anxious, mm-hmm. but it'll be really good. I have a gig lined up once I get there. So this is going to be like the last full length we put out for a bit. Yeah, we're going to do So some- this is the warning for them. Yeah, baby witches, don't worry, though, because your feed will not be empty. You're going to get some Patreon de-exclusives, mm-hmm. some de-vaulting, some declassification. Oh, we're going to give you some declassified information. Are UFOs real? <laughs> I don't know. Is the earth round? I don't know. I have no idea. That's above my pay grade. But yes, I think to both questions. I, th- I would say so. I would say yes. Yeah. Round and UFOs. Yes. Firm yes. That's what I would run on for president. Marion Williamson's running mate. Yes, me. Yeah. <laughs> blonde, though, in her blonde face. I think that she would love our show. I think she would, too. I think she'd be so ecstatic about it. But we'll talk about her later. I want to come back. Yes. You're moving to Los Angeles. Moving. It's a long journey. It's a long journey. What is your journey plan? Like, do you listen to podcasts? Do you listen to music? Do you listen to audiobooks? Like, do you have things that you want to hit mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. the way? Because you've seen the whole country. You've been to almost every state, Almost every state, yeah. Except for? The Dakotas, Mm -hmm. Montana, Nebraska, and Alaska. I heard they have a beautiful cruise. And, you know, Puerto Rico should basically be a state. So I have not been there either. Okay, so what is your road trip? Are you like, I have to go to McDonald's and get this Coke and I have to do this? And when I go in the Midwest, I have to go to Penn Station. It's very hard because it used to be like the Burger King veggie burger was my thing and I do not like the impossible burger yeah so really I'm in a tough spot especially traveling with Miss Artemis Mm -hmm. because a lot of establishments are very rude about bringing in pets yeah which I don't really understand why if they're in like a a little carrier I I genuinely do not understand I got kicked out of the Starbucks by your parents house when I brought Artemis in in a carrier just because I wanted to grab like a Starbucks before leaving Texas what the fuck That's crazy. I was like, do you know how much money I've spent here? I basically own this place, okay? Yeah. So I don't know. There'll be a lot of like eating in my car. And, you know, Miss Miss is a very temperamental traveling companion. She may not seem like it now. She seems very calm, but Mm -hmm. she doesn't really like being on the road. Yeah. So usually I'm blasting music and whatnot without her, but I try to like tone it down because cats hear crazy things. Yeah. So much louder than us. But you know, she likes to sleep a lot. So we're going to do some sleeping for her. Great. Great. Yeah. Love that for her. Yeah. A lot of it's very uh, TBD still. We're still forming the plan. I like that. I think that's a really good spot to be in. Mm-hmm. You know, you go with the flow. You adjust as the onslaught. Yeah. yeah. Just flexible. Just flexy right now. She's so flexible. So what are you going to do while I'm like traveling across the country? I'm going to watch you on my phone because you have your GPS shared with me. So that's what I'm going to do and probably do that for the next rest of our lives. It's fine. That's fair. That makes sense. You know, nothing, nothing crazy. I'm just going to sit around missing you and oh. thinking about you and sending you and quitting your job videos eventually. of dogs. It's exciting. It's, you know, it's, it hasn't happened yet. Even when this all comes right, out, right. it's still, I'm still not done. I'm still like, she's still in it. Here's a deal. Baby witches. Let me give you a piece of advice. Don't even give it two weeks. Two weeks is too long. Two weeks is too long. Fucking quit on the spot. I gave a 47-day notice. I didn't do it 
it wasn't my plan to do that. It just kind of happened. Like when you know you're going to break up with somebody and then it just escapes your lips while you're driving home from Denny's and you were like, I wasn't planning on you're doing like, this. I'm giving you 47 days to move out. So, yeah. It's like, I wasn't planning on doing this the week of finals. It was yeah. just that like, I can't make plans to go to your sister's wedding with full confidence right now. You know, it's like, so even when this airs, I still have two and a half, maybe three weeks left. But you're so close. And that's so very close. exciting. It fills you with a sense of dread and makes you really like resentful of your coworkers because mm-hmm. they ask you to do things. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I am so generous. Yeah. I could fucking be high right now. And I could say, what are you going to do? Fire me? Like, I'm already leaving. Yeah, maybe you should do that then. Just roll. Every day. Roll it. High as a fucking kite. Yep. I'm having the best time. It would make it more fun, probably. Yeah, writing this uh, this owner's manual for the production facility would be way more fun if, if I kept touching drunk. everyone's hair. <laughs> <laughs> That's another thing. It's like they took away my work from home days. Oh, they did? So now I can't day drink. Wait, they took away your work from home days everyone. when they know? Oh, everyone. Everyone has to be on okay, site well, if they're getting paid. At least they're keeping it equitable. Yeah, but it did feel did a little... Did you say if they want to be paid? Yeah. If you want to work here, you can't be at home. You got to be here. It's really That's stupid. I don't know anyone who's never not been a little tipsy while drunk, like while writing. Mm-hmm. Doesn't make sense. It's what all great writers do. Yeah, they have alcohol addictions. Yeah. So anyway, that's where I'm at. Eventually it will be over and everything will be different. Everything will be different. Everything's going to be different in a week. What are you going to do on your first day of freedom? Flying to Florida. <laughs> Getting the fuck out of yeah, here I'm, I'm like we're we're gonna go to the florida house for a week at least that's awesome and dolly will come with us and i'll be in the sunshine and it'll be great that's gonna be so much fun and then i'm gonna come home and not have to go to work the next day and that's what i think is gonna be like this big feeling that's gonna be the weird part it'll be so much fun yeah i'm so excited you're gonna be so productive people keep crying but i'm so excited yeah you're like cry for me argentina <laughs> Please don't cry. That's the song. It's not cry for me. It's cry don't for cry. me. So it's like, please don't cry. No, please cry. Please cry for me. And as you're crying, if you're feeling alone mm-hmm. in this time where Alicia and Tara are going through these wild life changes, don't worry because Alicia and I have over 80 extra bonus episodes on our Patreon. If you want to know what's up? Alicia and I are trying to get to 500. We have not crusted 100 Patreon witches. If we could get to 500 Patreon witches, we could get new recording equipment so that Alicia can get set up in her new apartment mm-hmm. and have a good life. <laughs> a good <laughs> life forever. You got 31 hours of content. So, dude, that almost gets me there. That nearly gets me to LA. Yeah, it does. If I just listen to all of our Patreon episodes. As long as you're driving. But you have to turn it off when you like get gas. Yes, And when course. you use the restroom. Of course. And I use the restroom quite frequently. <laughs> but last week we talked about deja vu in dreams. Reoccurring dreams. And next week we're talking about the contest queen, Helen Haswell. And how she won over 500 sweepstakes through the power of, guess what guys? manifestation what the fuck it's insane people are like it's not real it's just believing in yourself and i was like yeah well guess what she believed in herself so hard she won so many things she got a house a house a trip to venice it's crazy it's crazy no more spoilers but that one's worth listening to another thing worth listening to is baby witches 
we've been listening to your listener spells. Thank you so much to everyone who's sent them in. I just want to say that I really want to encourage other baby witches, keep sending in those listener spells. Yeah, we love them. We want to hear all about it. We want to share them with everyone else too. Keep the gravy train going, baby. In the spirit of gravy. In the spirit of my favorite garnish for mashed potatoes. <laughs> we got to talk about the Saturn return. So it ended for us. We're done. The We're night, done. The night that Vanessa Carlton got on stage and the bright white light of City Winery illuminated her pale face. Our coming of age was over. And now we are of age. We are adults. It kind of feels crazy. It kind of does feel like actually we are adults now. God damn it. And we tried so hard. I know. Really. Tried so hard not to be an adult. I bought so many creams. I've watched so much TV. So I, much. I know the Riz. I don't know the Riz. It's so, that's why I'm an adult. It's charisma. She got the Riz. I mean, I got the Riz. Riz Ahmed? <laughs> yeah. She's got him here. Welcome to the stage. Dude, what a hottie. Can't even with that. Okay, so the Saturn return, Alicia and I are done. And so what we're going to do is impart wisdom onto the future generations and also talk about what the Saturn return is and what it isn't. Yes. Because I think there's a lot of misinformation mm -hmm. out there. It's crazy. So every time Saturn changes signs, baby witch, you'll find the blogosphere starts to explode with the foreboding warnings of the inevitable death of your youth. It is dying on the vine. It's over for you. Also, how the world as you know it is going to rot away, leaving the horrorverse that you've created through the depravity of your own actions. But baby witches, I promise you, you do not need to fret. I think we tend to freak out about the Saturn return for a few reasons. Please tell us more because I was freaked. It's a nervous time and people, you know, Casey Lynn, friend of the podcast, very nervous. Mm -hmm. A lot of people are turning into like a new decade. You're no longer in your 20s. A lot of you are going into your 30s mm -hmm. on the horizon. Exactly. So the Saturn return has a lot to do with responsibility. And if you are someone who is already feeling the crushing weight of adulthood, the thought of even more responsibility, that sounds like the end of the world. It sounds awful. And if you've been behaving badly, baby witch, the idea of being held responsible for your actions, your choices... That's terrifying. It doesn't sound fun. The Saturn return also marks the genuine end of your life as a child. So by the time you come out of it, just like Alicia said, you're going to be in your early 30s. And we, as a culture, are terrified of aging. Transitioning into your 30s is the first time in your life you might be considered too old for something, which is truly the worst thing that you can be, especially if you're a woman or a femme. And I've had tons of conversations with women in their 50s and 60s who have told me, to my beautiful, graying, 30-year-old face that they never really got over turning 30. And that in their minds, they're still 26. I don't even know what that means. They need to unpack that. That's what I said. But you can't do that at like the New Year's Eve party. The dog park. You can't do that at your rehearsal dinner. Yeah. And also there's this idea that you can win your Saturn return. So no matter how many times astrologers tell me you can't win your Saturn return. There's like this little voice inside me that says, okay, yeah, maybe you can't. <laughs> but I'm a superstar. So I'm gonna. You haven't met me yet. Yeah, have you seen me? Mm-hmm. Have you seen my CV? I'm perky. I'm spunky. <laughs> I've got the riz. <laughs> I got the riz in spades. But also, Alicia, I don't know if you resonate with this, but I 
I do believe that like you can leverage this transit in your favor, even if you don't believe in astrology, because dedicated focused time on any activity creates some kind of growth. Mm-hmm. Like we kind of talked about this in the um, Reiki episode. Yes. Where like if you take time to dedicate to just laying down for an hour and thinking about your health, there's a chance that like you might get better. Also, you probably just need to relax. Yeah, baby, honestly. But it does remind me of, I mean, we talked about this off the podcast, but the book Big Magic, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. where the author talks to one woman and this one woman has become so good at like Mesopotamian archaeology or something like that. And she's like in her 60s, almost 70s. And the author's like, how'd you do it? And this woman's like, well, I spent the last 10 years of my life studying this and becoming the best. Meaning you can become the best at anything, at any time. You just have to start. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. that's. I think it's like people always tell you that it's too late for things. And it's like, okay, maybe if you are maybe if you in suck. hospice and you don't believe in yourself enough, <laughs> then yeah, maybe it's a little too late. But yeah, I think it's like your life is never really over till it's over. Yeah. So keep going. Keep learning new things. You work that pole. You pole dance, baby. (laughs) You take that trapeze class, Tammy. Yes. Okay, so one of my questions is, okay, Tara, wait, what what is the Saturn return? And baby witch, if you don't remember, the Saturn return is when the planet Saturn completes a 29-year cycle and returns to your natal placement. In simple terms, this is a conjunction, right? So like we have squares, oppositions, sextiles, this is a conjunction. So on your birthday, every year, baby witch, you go through a solar return because the sun returns to where it was when you were born. That's really crazy. Once a year, you go through a Venus return, a Mercury return, and there's this whole concept of the Uranus return, which you'll only experience if you live to the age of 84. So planets, they come back around if you give them enough time. What a wild episode. (laughs) An 84-year-old episode of which, yes. Okay, so if we're 31 right now, what's 84 minus 31? In 53 years, we're going to have a reunion episode. It will be stunning. Have I told you about my plan when I reach my 80s? Mm-mm. When I reach my 80s, I want to start going to like public places and creeping up to young people and going like this. And when they ask me what I'm doing, I'm sucking in air. Yeah. When they ask me what I'm doing, I'm like, I'm stealing your youth. Oh, that's very cute. And then I think it would be really funny and I become endearing to the community. Oh, like a <laughs> local mayor kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, who's yeah. not in office. They just call themselves the mayor. Yeah, like people tell me, I'm like that old woman from the Banshees of Inishirin mm-hmm, where she mm-hmm. walks around with her big stick. Like if she did that, if she walked up to someone and was like, for an extended period of time, you'd be like, yeah, of course. That'd be pretty fun. That's my dream. I think I'm just going to be very chatty. Because you can't really get out of talking to an old person. It's like so rude. So I'm going to talk people's ears off. Oh, we're going to have so much fun. We're going to have so much fun. Okay, so besides all these other returns, the Saturn return is what we're talking about right now. So some sources say that you actually start to feel the tug of your Saturn return as early as 28 and as late as 32, depending on what degree your Saturn is placed. So for example, Alicia and I are born just 10 days apart. And our natal Saturns are at zero and one degrees of Aquarius. So we're early. Thank goodness. Uh, like 
Ugh, thank God. This means that it's possible we would have sensed the aroma of our Saturn returns before someone who has a Saturn at the anoretic degree or the 29th degree of Aquarius, right? Like even while you are listening to this, the people that are at the very end of Aquarius, like they're not over. Like they're feeling it still. Yeah, exactly. The residuals. I don't envy them. I'm I don't, free. Yeah. I'm out, you know? When I was in grad school, I always wanted to go first. <laughs> I never wanted to go first. Sometimes I just would because I'd just be like, fuck it. I can't take the anxiety. I'm just going to go right now. Yeah. This also means that while Saturn is transiting your natal Saturn sign, your true Saturn return is somewhere in between that. So Alicia and I likely left our strongest part of our Saturn return earlier than the rest of those in our cohort. Fuck y'all. That's what happens to superstars. That's, if you're a superstar, you can win. And while everyone else is suffering, you've already turned in. You keep winning. You keep winning. You keep it. So in our first episode on the Saturn return, Alicia was really clear. Like this transit is the universe saying, wake up gorgeous. She is opening the blinds and it's time to say good morning to the sun. Your life choices, let's talk about them. Are you ready to make some big moves? Are you ready to deal with the mess that you've been making in this room? Yeah. And a lot of it's still like taking care of the mess. It is. And you get to have the opportunity to do that in the way that you want to. Saturn is also the daddy planet. So your relationship with your paternal figure might change, but also your relationship to authority, structure. We live in a patriarchal society, and that means in some aspects, your relationship to society and the culture that you grew up in can feel some tension. And I would say that in the last three years, that has been very obvious to me. That was super obvious. It was like, duh. That was probably one of the most obvious things of our Saturn return. And it was also very Aquarius. And we'll like talk about it in a second. But that was wild. So if you're listening and you're a little confused, like, wait, what was the last Saturn return? What is this Saturn return? Where are we? Who am I? What the fuck is this podcast? (laughs) I would say, I would say, baby. Just trust. I'm getting in your ear. Don't worry. Alicia's got this. It's fine. It's all good. So the last Saturn return was in Aquarius. And it moved from Capricorn into Aquarius on March 21st, 2020, but retrograded back into Capricorn from July 1st to December 17th. And then Saturn return after December 18th, 2020. And then Saturn return after December 18th, 2020, stayed in Aquarius until March 7th, 2023. That was just just last week. That was just last week, which is insane. We're in a whole new world right now. We are. So this is what we were told about Saturn in Aquarius, and it's that it has an overwhelming responsibility to the collective and that you need to contribute to your community or to the world in some way. And what that way is totally depends on who you are and who you want to be. Aquarius asked for us to break the mold. So for those of you with this energy informing your personality, mundane tasks take a different tone. Well, literally, we had a pandemic. Yeah, I think about this all the time where like I was coming into this where I'm like, we're going to have to come together. And the way that you came together was getting the fuck away from each other. (laughs) Yeah. What a way to be about the collective. The collective. The capital C fucking collective. Because this was everywhere. Mm -hmm. And we all had to deal with it in our own like similar and different ways at the same time. City people, you didn't talk you don't look anyone in the eye anymore no I still feel anxious when I cough in public yeah and like I make a big to-do about taking my big fat fucking cannoli arm and shoving my face into that weenus Mm -hmm. and coughing in there and sneezing all over it yeah 
But if you were in the country, like it was a little bit more relaxed because you weren't really around anyone anyway. Mm-hmm. Like it felt like a pandemic to everyone. But some people still had to go physically to work the entire time. Exactly. Yeah. Well, let me raise my hand. Yeah. <laughs> well, your work was also in your house for a second. For a month. Yeah. yeah. But then, yeah, it's like I often had to feel like I had to champion for people that were like putting themselves in danger mm-hmm. to have to physically go to work and we made deliveries around the city you and i did one illegally day. yeah illegally yeah we weren't supposed to be doing it making like drop-offs yeah. because we were like the post might be backed up we don't know we also had all of the protests around george floyd's murder mm-hmm. and brianna taylor's and we're still dealing with that now we're dealing with all of the drag bans and the anti-lgbtq that's happening around the country especially in tennessee Yep. Which I'm so disappointed. It is Dolly Parton's world. Yeah. And I don't know how this happened. Yeah. I mean, Dolly Parton loves drag and she is a drag queen. Like if you just like look at Dolly Parton like that, she is an extreme femininity. Mm-hmm. Those 100%. boots are fake. That 100%. hair is fake. Everything yeah. about that woman is a costume. Yeah. It's the same thing. It's totally true. And so just how we've had to interact with each other over the past three years is wildly different than any other time in our lives. It's so unfair that it literally fell within a pandemic. But I don't know if unfair is the word, like kismet. Yeah. Very synchronistic, very spooky ooky. And now we're dealing with the repercussions of that. It was also, we had that big presidential election. Yeah. Your overwhelming responsibility to the collective. Yeah. I think every word in that sentence. That's crazy. You, your individual responsibility to everything yeah mundane tasks take a different tone yes they became way more mundane (laughs) they became more mundane than you ever could have thought they became but then also collecting groceries and having to wipe them off Mm. feeling like you were like gonna kill your spouse if you didn't wipe off his corona lights he touches that with his beautiful mouth (laughs) the same mouth he kisses you with yeah what a wild time and it's also a time where you think like we'd have more faith in science and medicine to be, you know, getting vaccines for a pandemic, which the vaccines only took like a year and a half. Like it was pretty fast. Mm -hmm. But then there's even more like people who don't believe it and more anti-vax. It's just, it really kind of simplified all of at least the United States politics to a way that you could really truly see it without all of the nonsense because there was no nonsense to be had for a while. Yeah. And now the nonsense is back. Oh, we're full nonsense. Because it's Pisces, baby. Yeah, we're, we're it's, it's Saturn and Pisces. So specifically for me, my Saturn Aquarius was in my sixth house. The sixth house is all about organization, work, life habits, and to a lesser degree, the sense of usefulness I am to the world around us. So taking time to sit with my relationship to my body, my relationship to how I use my time, and what is efficiency, and especially what is efficiency during a pandemic. How do I feel full, like, you know, heart full, not body full? Because, baby, I know how to feel. I Stomach know. full. <laughs> I know that. My tummy is full. She is well pampered. I'm like one of those Renaissance ladies. I'm oh, just like yes. lovely, curvy, and just smooth, smooth skin. But what pitfalls have I fallen into in regards to my relationship to work and value? And I feel like the last three years was a lot about me being like the work life that I had Me reckoning with, like, how truly miserable it made me. Yeah. And finding a way to pivot, even if the pivot was a bit against my will. Because I had to be fired 
which is ridiculous because <laughs> it was a pandemic. It made no sense. But I've been able to grow more responsible and disciplined in the work that I want to be doing, mm-hmm. which is exciting. Like I've been writing like all the time. I've also allowed a bit of more fun, a bit of more, maybe not even more fun because mama knows how to have fun, but how to relax in a way that I don't think I knew before the Saturn return mm-hmm. was always very uh, high energy on edge. And now I'm like, I love being lazy. Mm-hmm. Oof, what a good life. I think it's totally been a pivot from mania mm-hmm. to luxury. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's like mania being like high energy. Go, go, go. I'm going to consume and experience as much as possible all at the same time. And then luxury is like a savoring. Yes. Like a, I'm going to sit here. and I'm going to savor this afternoon. I'm going to appreciate this light, mm-hmm. this moment. And like the slowing down, I think there's been like this huge slowing down lately of your life, even though it seems right now like everything's happening so fast. Mm-hmm. But like an appreciation for slow living. Yeah. No, definitely. Which I miss fast living. Oh, we'll get you Street some lights, coke, car baby. lights, spotlights, flashlights, all of that. <laughs> all of that. Fast Our living. Overhead lights, <laughs> incandescent lights, the lights on your phone and you're Tungsten looking. Lights. Tungsten yeah. lights. Tungsten Fluorescent lights. Yeah. But I also feel like I wasn't in the place at the beginning of the Saturn return to even appreciate luxury. Because mm-hmm. it was so go, 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 go. Mm-hmm. And now I'm and just based like, in scarcity. Mm. And based in scarcity. Which that sucks. Yeah. And there was very real scarcity. Mm -hmm. Like this wasn't like a a fabricated perspective, a fabricated lens through which you were looking at the world. No. There was no money. There was no money. There was no money, honey. So there was lots of 50 cent ramen noodles. So much that I can't eat it anymore. My body's like, no, the sodium. So I die. And then Tara, your Saturn in Aquarius was in the second house. So that house is... About those fat stacks. Oh, it's about money. It's about things. Money, material, possessions, daily routines. And it universally represents a scarcity-based relationship to money. So the phrase selling your soul for security comes up a lot with that, with the second house. And it could keep you in a job that's entirely at odds with your true life's passions because you're afraid of what it means to like leave a decent paycheck. Did, can we talk about how I won the Saturn return yet? <laughs> I quit my job. No, I think that this actually having this, the first Saturn return episode, even though it was like at a point in time where I was like, no, if I don't have a job, I can't afford this apartment. Like there's no safety net. And that like you and I had a tarot card reading at the beginning of 2022 Mm -hmm. where I got the page of pentacles. The money, money, money. But a lot of that is about future gains and setting yourself up to have future gains and like throughout this whole past year I was able to save because I extreme couponed and budgeted so that I could quit my job without feeling like I was gonna like be destitute yeah exactly and that I was gonna like shame everyone in my family yeah and have to like return in return to work in a way that was like oh she she didn't make it she made a horrible mistake and I think that having this episode where I was like this scarcity-based mindset is actually going to trap me in a place that I'm not destined for. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, no, I do actually have to make the plan to get out of this. You were like, oh, no, honey. That was what I feel like all of Saturn Return was about for me, was like repositioning myself to where I 
I'm truly meant to be. I love that. Not because I need to eat, not because I have to do this, because like that's actually what's going to lead me to my highest good. I feel like the moment it's your last day of the job, then you can finally claim that you won the Saturn return. I thought I was. You're so close. I'm so close. You're so close. It's almost there for you, you know? Well, how would you explain, like, collectively, your place collectively? Like, combining the big idea of Saturn return in Aquarius with your placement. So I have a lot of stuff in the second house, which has to do with money. So it's like Taurus's natal house. So it has to do with money and things and finding pleasure and safety through things. I think that, well, I don't believe that you should fully reject your natal placement I think you should always like kind of lean into your chart because Mm -hmm. that's where you're going to find like the most comfort and like the most flow but like recognizing that I'm putting all of this emphasis in things and money and then not using it to kind of get what I want like that was like like a huge rapturous like, like so moment, moment yeah. for me and like think I had the first inklings of that when I was like wanted to go to my friend Tim's wedding in Hawaii and it was gonna be my first time back on island I was like I don't think I can afford this it's gonna be over two thousand dollars and I was like one day I'm gonna fucking die mm-hmm. and like I can't bring any of this shit with me yeah so I should just go and do it it's kind of like just do the things you want to do that it wasn't just like memento moria like remember you're gonna die but it was also that like remember that you're gonna live And that within that is all of these like these beautiful poems of what your life truly is supposed to be. And it's not supposed to be grueling, like soul obliterating spreadsheets. And it's not supposed to be in the service of someone else, like exacting their dream. Mm -hmm. That like if you are called to do a thing, you literally you have to do it. Yeah, you have to do it. There is nothing else. There's nothing else after this. You don't get to do it over again. And if you do, you don't get to remember it. You get the one. You get the one time. One shot. So do it. Exactly. Unless your thing is serial killing, then maybe don't do that. But what about you? No, I mean, I totally agree with that. I also think your Saturn return is a great time to actually assess if you want to be doing the thing you want to be doing or not. Yeah. Yeah. Because if it's still there, like a nag, after three years, you got to be doing it. Mm -hmm. You've got to really just lean into and make it fucking happen. Then the next Saturn return, we in Pisces. Okay. Yeah, what adjectives do we have about Pisces? Very dreamy. Yeah. I think emotional. I think most of the Pisces I have been around while I love them, easily hurt. Oceanic. She can kind of, um, can be reactive, mm-hmm. unpredictable, but also spiritual. Like kind of very like spiritual. Very within the ether. Yeah. No, I definitely agree with that. I love all of those. This energy of Pisces actually comes in direct conflict with Saturn. So this is going to be an interesting Saturn return. Saturn, as Tara said, is known for being big daddy, all about karma, restrictions, and responsibilities. And since 2017, Saturn has been in Capricorn and Aquarius, two zodiac signs that were ruled by Saturn in ancient astrology. So back in the day, they thought Saturn was the big daddy of those two. Oh, that's so crazy. So Saturn gets Capricorn and Aquarius, and that makes the lessons in Capricorn and Aquarius kind of come harder because it's easier for Saturn to get through it and mm-hmm. get to you. We're in the flow. But Saturn does not get Pisces. Pisces is like the goth child to a suburban football dad. Oh, no. He does not get it. Like, why are you reading Sylvia Plath? Don't you want to play hoops? Like, do you want to go outside? I'd what love is an to. MCR? Is that a type of tendon that I would pull in my final year of my high school football career? Exactly. 
And so with the Saturn return in Pisces, a lot of these rose-tinted glasses that Pisceans have are going to come off. They're going to need to be taken down, taken down a notch. Pisces is ruled by Neptune, which is the planet of illusion, which sounds very sensual, sexual, exciting, mysterious. But you know what that means? That's fake as fuck. That's a mirage. That's a mirage. It's smoke and mirrors, baby. Our ideas about the metaphysical world and religion also stem from Pisces and Neptune. So all of this is wrapped up with the two of them. And so big questions like what happens after death? I don't fucking know. I really don't actually want to know. You're not going to find out from here. So these are some of the things you need to be looking at during the Pisces Saturn return is you're going to have like these big questions. This is kind of like around the time where you're like, I'm going to die one day. Fuck. You know, I've been having such existential dread. Really? Like for the past month. <gasps> because I'm leaving. Did I trigger it? No, I feel the void without you. <laughs> and it feels like a black hole. And I know that's something you don't like. So that even feels even more taboo. Oh. No, but it is. No, I think that like this Aquarian Piscean energy has really hit me in Mm -hmm. a weird way. Like my feeling of abundance. Yeah. Because it feels like I have such a limited time. I'm thinking so much about death lately. I'm sorry. It's okay. I think it's because it's cold. I'm blaming everything on the weather though. I would love one day where I don't feel cold. It gets in your bones though. It does. Yeah. My tootsies. My little tootsies are never happy anymore. But with religion and spirituality being stemmed from this Piscean place, I feel like on the horizon, these are the things you're going to have to look out for a bit. Like either it's going to be too Christian conspiracy, too psychic scam artisty, or are we even like going to hit culty level? Like mm-hmm. where are we going with this? I think so. I think that'll be an interesting thing to look out because I'm all for you going off and like finding your spirituality and being like, this is the thing not about you getting taken advantage of if they want money mm-hmm. not nah, sir no if they want you to move anywhere with them not nah, sir unless they're paying for the move if they want you and it's a tax write-off exactly if they want you to give up anything mm-hmm. not nah, sir yeah if they want to isolate you no thank you these are the things yeah don't go nowhere don't give nothing and call your mom <laughs> okay these are the things tara's life lessons I mean, she's gone through her Saturn return. We should all be listening to her. I'm an adult. Exactly. Listen to me. And then since so much of Pisces is also about like not being connected to the earth, it's about like dreaminess and like kind of going off on your own escapist fantasy adventures. I think a lot is going to happen in regards to drug regulations around cannabis and like psilocybin. Oh my God, yeah. The little mushies. MDMA, Mm -hmm. all that shit. All that stuff that's supposed to like transcend you while you're on it Mm -hmm. so I think we're going to see more regulations on that and that it could be more accessible to the public but probably with more rules there also may be more restrictions on social media to kind of ward off deep fakes and like bring down the mirage Mm -hmm. of like the illusion of your social media self so there's been a lot of conversation about TikTok for years so I think that's finally going to hit ahead in the next three years they're going to decide if yeah, the teens can keep it or we need to shut it down. Mm-hmm. And then there are other Saturn transits happening at this time. Okay, yeah. You're so gonna get into. I just want to say that baby witches, maybe you're not going through your Saturn return. Maybe you're old or maybe you're very young. Maybe you're a child. But you're not getting out of all this messiness. Saturn and Pisces can hit your birth chart directly, even if you have nothing in Pisces and your Saturn is totally all the way in like Zimbabwe 
Why do I have to feel the repercussions of everything? So like I said, a Saturn return is basically a conjunction. And if you have any other planets in Pisces, at some point in the next three years, Saturn is going to conjunct those natal placements. That's placements of planets that are within 10 degrees of one another, okay? So remember how Alicia and I were early Saturn returners and other people that suck Mm -hmm. are late Saturn returners? So Saturn had to conjunct our natal Saturn within 10 degrees of each other. So once we got beyond Saturn within six degrees of Aquarius, it was over for us. It was done. Oh, thank goodness. So like I said, this can also affect you if you're part of the late Saturn return in Aquarius bunch because the first few degrees of Pisces are still within 10 degrees of your natal Saturn. Now, conjunctions are neither good nor bad. They're really just like strong energy, right? Like we are highlighting, we are amplifying this energy. Now, what you might want to look for genuinely is oppositions, okay? So if you're not going through your Saturn return, if you have anything in Virgo, this Saturnian Pisces energy is going to conflict with your natal placement. So Saturn is responsible for, it's like, it's a, all right. So Saturn is responsibility, it's planning, it can be heavy energy. So it can put a damper on astral bodies like the sun, Mercury, or the moon. So if Jupiter is like growth, and expansion, and luck, and Saturn is limitations and moderation, how do you think like this little father-daughter dance is going to go? Honestly, it's not going to be smooth. (laughs) They should have practiced. If you have anything in the other mutable signs that's Gemini or Sagittarius, you'll also be hit by these with a square. So that's conflict, friction, any kind of non-harmonious energy. Things may not flow the way that you need them to, and Saturn and Pisces is kind of going to want to hip check whatever Sagittarius placement you have. But, baby witches, even if you have nothing in any of these signs, because you are oh so lucky and oh so beautiful. Blessed, Fret not, we can still talk about you, because Pisces is still in your chart in your house placement. Motherfuck. So look where Pisces is in your chart and consider the house that it inhabits. This can extend several houses depending on what system of astrology you use. So in Alicia's case, she's dodging this Saturn transit pretty adeptly besides her Virgo placements. She doesn't have any planets in Sagittarius, Gemini, or Pisces. Woo! But Pisces does span her seventh and eighth house. Both of those houses have to do with partnership, but in different ways. So the seventh house is more of like promises and legality of partnership, marriage, contracts, all that shit. And then the eighth house is like your trust within a partnership, intimacy, but also like shared finances, shared goals. Think all of like the concepts of merging two things together. So she might start to feel some of that Piscean energy flavor these aspects of her life, fluctuating boundaries, needing to investigate the truth of her feelings and the feelings of others. But it definitely won't be as strong as someone who's like got like five placements and three squares and like a total opposition within Virgo. Honestly, mine doesn't sound that bad either. No, it seems pretty easy. Yeah. It's just relationships. It's just promises. I've been practicing with relationships for 31 years now. I got this on lock. She does. Boom. Easy. And... We did have a Patreon question. Please give it to me. Our patron, Ben, said, one of the life phases after 30 is questioning your life choices up to that point. If you've had kids and stayed at home, you regret not traveling and seeing the world. If you travel and see the world, you regret not settling down and having a family. And of course, a million other scenarios of stuff you haven't done. 
though I'm long past this stage, I'm curious how the Saturn return plays into those regrets. I think the Saturn return is kind of the first time you think about these regrets because you're so caught up in the moment. But mm-hmm. also we have a very weird take because we had ours during the pandemic, which literally there was nothing to do but think. I stared yeah. at walls so many times. It's actually very comforting now. I love looking at walls. So blank, so white. But you think about like light. You think about like structure. You think about like as I look at this wall, I think Shadows. about like, yeah, like what's been here before, like what's inside, what's on the other side of that wall. It slows my breath. It makes me sit into my into my womb further. No, I think that when I think of the other women in my life mm-hmm. who have large, powerful transitions within the Saturn return, I think of my mom who left her husband of eight years. Queen. Met my father. She had two children. Raised them by herself. And then met my father and married again. All within her Saturn return. Crazy. I would also look at my sister, who was with a man for six years, reached her Saturn return. They broke up and they got back together. And then she was stuck with this man that absolutely devastated the rest of her life. Like I think of my father, who like when he was 30... He, like, had my brother Mm -hmm. who had, like, all of these problems, like, physically and mentally. Nope, I'm gone. That's okay. You thought of a lot of people. I thought of multiple people. I got no one over here. But, yeah, I think that's, like, I think you're totally right that, like, the Saturn return is really the first time you're kind of reckoned with it. And if you don't position it in a place of power, like, you're kind of left in a juvenile state. Is that crazy to think? No, or, like, you're screwing yourself over a bit. Your future self. Yeah, you're like, this is fine. Yeah. I think it's a lot about making the change that you want to happen. Even if it's like, I can't go to Europe this year, you know, Mm -hmm. but you want to go to Europe. Mm -hmm. You know where you want to go. You want to go to Greece, figuring out how you can do that in maybe the next five years or 10 years even. Mm -hmm. And just, I don't know. I think it's just too easy to give up. Not easy to give up. It's actually very hard for Tara and I to give up. It's a problem in our lives. Well, our... Our Chirons are in Leo, so it is kind of, we do believe that we are deeply special. (laughs) So it's not our fault. But I mean, think also (laughs) about like this idea of like growing up, like you, this is the first time for most people that you actually spend some time looking at your family's effect on you psychologically and culturally and personally. Mm -hmm. And like you get the opportunity to kind of strip that away. And decide what is genuinely yours and what is someone else's projection. Yeah. Therapy, dude. Yeah. Go to therapy. That's the answer to this question. Read there was big, no answer. Read but. Big Magic. Read Big Magic. Read The Artist's Way. Go to Rome. Go to Rome. Kiss a man. On the lips. Uh, throw a coin into the trivia fountain. And make a wish. Make a deep, sexy wish. A full-figured. <laughs> tits out wish. But yeah, I mean, on a serious note, I think it's also you're at the point where it's all about responsibility. And so you kind of have to be responsible for your own actions. And I think it's very hard if you feel like you've just kind of got caught up and you haven't really had any authority on your own life to step back and be like, wait a second. Mm -hmm. But I have by letting all of this happen. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I agree. It's about repositioning. An agency. An agency. And taking what's yours. The biggest capitalist lesson of them all. Taking what's mine. Okay, so what do you do if you have a Saturn return in Pisces? You've been listening to this whole thing and you're freaked out. Don't be. Babies. Don't be. be. And these are the years, just so you know who's in their Saturn return in Pisces and who's not. From May 21st, 1993 through June 30th, 1993, 
or January 28th, 1994 through April 7th, 1996. That's my brother. Oh my gosh, he's in it. That's crazy. And then also there's March 23rd, 1964 through September 16th, 1964, or December 15th, 1964 through March 3rd, 1967. All y'all, one more, one more for the biddies in the back. For the oldies in the, in the front. Because I can't see. Their eyes aren't oh, very right, good. Right. That's a good point. Oldies in the front. And they're so small. They're so little. We gotta sh- really like. You shrink when you're old. Put them on our shoulders. February 14th, 1935 through April 24th, 1937, or October 17th, 1937 through January 14th, 1938. You had the option to kill Hitler and you didn't take it. No, these are like children. They couldn't kill Hitler. What's per- What's better? What's a more peak assassin than, than a, a toddler with a syringe? That's true. That's a good point. So if you're in any of these life stages and it's your first, second, third Saturn return in Pisces, it's going to be okay. You're going to be fine. Just take some time for yourself. Buy some athleisure. Commit to your boundaries. Journal. Journaling's good. And just really trust your gut. Because people will be selling you the Kool-Aid and you need to know better. Just trust your gut. But buy our Kool-Aid. Yeah, because ours is the guy with the Kool-Aid man on it. Yeah, exactly. We're neighbors. He burst through the walls. <laughs> you can't get away from him. And baby witches, if you have any listener spells about the Kool-Aid man. Or about boundaries. I don't know, baby witches. Send them in. <laughs> Anything. Anything. Send me That's a gift right. about the Kool-Aid man. Crazy. Crazy, crazy. Do you have any last thoughts on Saturn Return? I think that if I could tell. If you could do it all again. If I could do it all again. If I could go back in time and tell baby Tara and Alicia anything, I would say be selfish with this time Mm -hmm. and allow yourself to reconnect with the truest version of yourself. Because I think a part of the Saturn return is like, again, stripping off all of the stuff that people have been projecting onto you. And so the things that I've been consuming lately since my Saturn return are all of these things that brought me so much joy, like pre-puberty, to be honest. I'm like cartoons. I'm like YA. I'm like, give me those fantasy novels. It's just kind of like this reconnection with like the things that are truly like soul connections. Mm -hmm. And I would also say... Be kind to everyone else that is also going through this because for some people, it's devastating. Yeah. And like the death of your youth, people take it harder than others. But this is an opportunity to set a precedence for yourself where you fully accept that you are a beautiful entity, a beautiful spirit that is going to change and blossom and grow in different ways that you cannot possibly imagine yet. So divine. Love is all of these things that you could not possibly imagine. That's like the most Piscean thing ever to say. My dad wrote me a letter one time and it was just that. Oh, He mailed it. He spent a whole stamp. Wow. He really likes you. I hope so. He's paying a lot for this. He's really invested a lot into (laughs) you as a future. He's got COVID right now. Let's all take a moment to silence. And because Tara's tired of talking, Mm -hmm. it's now time for Oh, let's take it lower. Hey, witches in the news. It's It's witches in the news. Yay! Yay! This is my favorite segment. Oh my gosh. Out of all the segments we have. Thank you. 
We only have one today. We're only doing one news. This is nice. I'm a busy lady. It's a clean. It's cl- half my books are packed. The other half are not packed. <laughs> it sounds really stressful. How do you choose? I don't know. Are you going to get rid of any any books? Wait, wait, Three. Can... No. Three of my hundreds. It's a hard, hard thing for me. But our first and only story is Miss Marianne Williamson running for president. Again. She's decided. Again. One more time. One more time. Second verse. Four just like the more first. years. Yes. Mary Ann. <laughs> In early March, Marianne Williamson announced her 2024 presidential bid against Democrats, incumbent President Joe Biden. And everyone's like, yo, this was so long ago. Who the fuck is Marianne Williamson? I'm going to tell you, okay? And before I go into that, I have to say, this bitch is 70 years old. She looks stunning. Her skin? Her skin. She looks so youthful. And I mean, it's got to be Botox. I see it as I call it. I knows it. I sees it. It's, I call it. And yeah. that's fine. You know, she's getting the vampire facial and I support it. I love that. But I love a bitch who can follow a skincare routine. That's amazing. It's called consistency. It, it, it's like you invest in your youth. And this is what happens during her Saturn return. She was like, I should put some face lotion on. <laughs> she's like retinol. I think so. And she just kept doing it. And that's what happens. If you start early, you can have beautiful baby skin, too. But back to who she actually is. Marianne is a self-help guru who actually advised Oprah from time to time. She ran a metaphysical bookshop and coffee shop in Houston, like back in her youth, back in her like 20s, 30s. And she moved to Hollywood. When she did that, she was Laura Dern's roommate and would hold prayer circles in their living room. This is speaking of like your life isn't over until it's over. Really looking into Marianne Williamson's past is like, wow, you can have such a full and crazy life. If you just allow it to happen, Marianne became a spiritual leader for the Church of Today, which was a unity church in Michigan. So this bitch like lived all over the place, fucking Houston, L.A., Michigan. And the unity church grew out of transcendentalism and the New Thought movement. It was advertised for people who might call themselves spiritual, but not religious. Oh, you mean every woman since 2008? Yes. She is the author of 13 books. And in 1991, she attended Elizabeth Taylor's wedding and said it was harmful to her career because the paparazzi would call her the guru of the glitterati. What? I love that this is just reading like a gossip column. Like, I'm so in it. I'm obsessed. And in 2006, a Newsweek poll named her one of the 50 most influential baby boomers. This is serving Mrs. Satan right now. It's crazy. It is very. It is very Mrs. Satan. And during the financial crisis, she lost two homes in Detroit to foreclosure. So she's experienced foreclosure like normal people. Yeah, she's a normal woman. But also she had two homes. So I'm like, well. Was it in succession or was it at the same time? Because that would deeply affect my experience with this. Because she gets one. (laughs) She's had one. She forecloses. She buys another. She forecloses forecloses again. That would be like, I'm so sorry for you. If she had two homes and they were both her summer home, I'd be like. This sucks. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. She was briefly married in 1979 to a Houston businessman, and she said the marriage lasted for a minute and a half. Which is how long it took for him to come. Which is hysterical. (laughs) It's so funny. But she also took in and cared for a friend who had terminal cancer. This bitch is all over the place. This Wikipedia page was wild, okay? Like I said, I love that all of this reads like a gossip column. She's kind of lived this pretty well-rounded life of like ups and downs and extremes and like luxury at the same time. 
And Marianne is running on universal health care, upping the minimum wage and, you know, more that she has not yet released. But she's very much in the vein of Bernie Sanders. So when she stepped out in 2020 of the race, she decided to back Bernie Sanders as the Democratic vote. Or maybe that was 2019. Who fucking knows? Years are so weird. You don't ask me anything before my Saturn return. Exactly. So Bernie was even interviewed recently saying that although he doesn't know who he will stand behind in the next election, whether it's Joe Biden or Marianne Williamson, he did say that Marianne will run a strong campaign. Yeah, I think that she is a strong candidate for the people that paid attention to the last race. Mm -hmm. And that she's also run kind of on a platform of like, I'm a person that like is always growing. So she's apologized for a lot of like really problematic views in the past. Mm -hmm. And I'm definitely a person that is willing to forgive like someone that's like, no, I was wrong. Because if you're 70 fucking years old, guess what? Like you probably said something fucked up at some point. Segregation. Like what are you talking about? Exactly. And President Joe Biden has not yet as of today. We're recording Friday, March 10th said that he will run for re-election, but it's pretty much assumed that he will at this point. Yeah, correct. So it will be interesting because usually if the president incumbent is like, I'm running, they're the one to win. Mm -hmm. So we'll see what kind of hurdles this is. But this also kind of draws back into that Piscean Saturn return of these ideas of spirituality. like, And I mean, cult following, maybe not cult following. I don't really know. But just how that and like talks around religion and spirituality might even impact our next election. Yeah, I think, I mean, what's the Kool-Aid? Like the Democratic Party or Marianne Williamson's version of spirituality? Well, whose Kool-Aid tastes better? I mean, I prefer the purple kind. (laughs) I definitely like the red kind more. Not Republican, but just like, what was it like cherry or something? Yeah, yeah. It's pretty good. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's 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 all just sugar. It is. Let's be real. Like what ice are you getting? You're not getting the Coca-Cola. You're getting the red one. Yeah, the red one. It's so good. I like, I prefer the blue one. Oh, you like the blue one? Yeah. The blue one's not bad, but the red is just the way, the way it makes your tongue red instead mm-hmm. of blue. Like Yeah, blue is like a gross color to have on your tongue. Yeah. Red though, it's like, okay. It's raw. <laughs> it's covered in blood. Mmm, <laughs> delicious. And this has been, which is in the news. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. Oh, now we're going to head over to my favorite segment, the spell. This is our last segment in person oh my god besides the credits that people should listen to because they're really funny sometimes sometimes they're not and that's okay so this is a spell for keeping promises to yourself and i came up with it excellent i'm excited and i want to say that one day when we write our book with all of our spells that we've done ourselves and also plagiarized (laughs) this will be the first one so here's what you're going to need for a spell to keep promises to yourself. You're going to need a piece of paper. You're going to need a planner or a calendar app, whatever you use to track your time. You're going to need a red pen. And baby witch, you're going to need your voice, your beautiful baritone voice. Ooh, I'm so excited. So this spell for keeping promises is based off of a scientific study that when people say like they're going to go work out or they're going to get their oil changed or like in this specific study, go vote, they're more likely to actually do it If they have two things already figured out, one, when they're going to do it and two, where they're going to do it. And they're more likely to do this if they verbalize it. And I looked at this and I said, this is magic, baby. That's big magic. So here's an example. I, Tara Keck, am more likely to go vote in the midterms if I say at 1 p.m. after I take Dolly to the dog park in Bed-Stuy, I'm going to walk to PS58 and vote for blah, 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 right? 
So I'm saying where, PS58, in bed and when, 1 p.m., and I'm stacking it on the back of something I'm already planning on doing, which is this trigger for me to fulfill my task I want to perform. So here's the spell. Okay. First thing you're going to do, send me $100. <laughs> just going to drop that in that Venmo. Then you're going to cleanse and ground. Ooh. I want you to look at your calendar app and I want you to find a task or appointment that you already have, okay? Like, I'm going to the doctor. I'm going to the dentist. I have a date. I've decided I'm going to the post office at this time to deliver my bridesmaids packages. This is going to be your grounding agent or the catalyst for your task. Then, baby witch, you're going to write down on your piece of paper the task you want to complete in the center of this piece of paper, okay? So you're going to take take my abortion pill. Just put that right in the middle of the center of your paper, okay? Vote for not a bigot. Da, 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 da. Very simple. Then I want you to visualize yourself doing it. The hardest part is getting there because I know once you're in the zone, you can handle anything. Now, above this task, I want you to write your grounding agent. So here's an example. Hair appointment at Head Chop in Williamsburg. Visiting your grandmother at the hospital. Closing your laptop at work at the end of your workday. Now, you have this space where what you're already doing and what you want to do or need to do. Write down how you're going to make it from point A to point B. So here's an example. After I close my laptop at the end of my workday, I will go to the hall closet and retrieve my yoga mat. I will lay down the yoga mat on the floor next to my desk. I will get down on the yoga mat and do five minutes of stretching. So here it is. You're trying to do more stretching and you have the end of your workday and you've already planned out all of the things that you have to do to get from point A to point B. Then next to this, Baby witch, I know this seems excessive, but you are going to assign a time to each of these things. So here's an example. After I close my laptop at the end of my workday at 6 p.m., I will go to the hall closet and retrieve my yoga mat. At 6.02, I will lay down the yoga mat on the floor next to my desk. And then I will get down on the yoga mat and do five minutes of stretching until 6.08. So I just want to say, I fully understand that this sounds insane, but magic (laughs) is insane, okay? So... The magic is in the fact that you have visualized yourself doing this action over and over again, thinking about how long it will take you to do all of these tasks. And now here's the final step. I want you, baby witch, with the full conviction of a woman who listens to a witchy podcast in its fifth season, I want you to verbalize your plan out loud using your gorgeous, gorgeous, beautiful, elegant finger. And press into each word as you say it. I will do this. And then I will do this. And then I will do that. And scientifically and magically, all those things are going to happen. Wow. How's it feel? It's so good. It's called manifestation. I love that. Helen Hadzo will be so proud. Oh my gosh. We're going to win so many contests. And with that, I would like to manifest and thank our producer, Marcel Perez, our creative director, Mallory Porter, and Kevin McLeod, whose music we use in the intro and the outro each time we put out a recording. And then, of course, we'd really like to thank anyone who's written an Apple Podcast review or subscribed to our channels on Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get our podcasts. Head over to Apple. Give us five stars because, baby, we deserve it. We've been doing this a long time. We've been doing this a long time. It costs you nothing. It means everything to us. Write something nice. We love it. Thank you. And if you want to find me, Alicia, on Instagram, I'm at Alicia period herder. If you want to find Miss Tara on Instagram, you can find me at her lovely face. If you want to find Witch Yes on Instagram, we are at Witch Yes. 
He's so easy. It's so easy. Share an episode in your stories. Tag us and we'll feature you in our stories. And then if you don't like any of the socials, you can always contact us via email at witchespodcast at gmail.com. And don't forget about the Discord server. Oh, it's so cute. It's so great. It was going off at the beginning of this episode, so I had to silence my phone. You can find us on Patreon. $5 Patreon witches and above are getting two extra episodes a month. You said what? Like 30-something hours of content? Over 30 hours. episodes? This is crazy. That is definitely the place to go while I'm traveling across the country because we're still going to be putting out new Patreon episodes while that traveling is happening. Plus, you you know, you find out goodies about what we're up to and what the podcast is up to way before anyone else. Patreon's the place to go. And I guess this has been the final in-person episode of Which Yes! Oh, bye. Bye. It'll be amazing. You're going to love it. Everything's going to be great. We're going to be fine. It's going to be so good. (laughs) Bye. Bye.